This episode of Ministry Monday is sponsored by Simply Liturgical Music. Simply Liturgical Music is the liturgical music platform that is reimagining the industry. Browse, purchase, and download brand new, affordable music in minutes. Print or download as much as needed with lifetime access to all purchases. Whether it's psalms, hymns, mass settings, or other ritual music, SLM has music composed by a growing network of talented composers from all over the world. Ministry Monday listeners can receive $10 off Advent or Christmas music when using code YEARC2021. Again, that's YEARC2021. Explore our digital catalog at slmusic.org. Simply Liturgical Music, reimagining the industry. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is episode 174 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy, produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you are new to the podcast, hello. We are so glad that you are tuning in with us. Each week, Ministry Monday offers a podcast episode for the church music minister on topics that seek to help you learn, grow, challenge, and inspire. If you haven't done so already, please, I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. Now, let's face it. Many pastoral musicians encounter the Mass and the sacred liturgy a little bit differently than the standard congregation member. We are truly, deeply into the activities that facilitate prayer for others, especially with music. As we know, it's a beautiful, humbling, blessed calling. But it does mean that we, again, experience the liturgy differently and therefore can become distracted. Now, At this point, I'll only speak for myself when I say that I have struggled to be present and truly present for the liturgy, especially during the liturgy of the word. I have been so focused on the psalm where I find myself thinking things like, is my cantor ready? Oh, don't forget to add an extra measure between the refrain and the verse of the psalm so that the cantor can catch her breath. Oh, did I ever tell the violinist that we're adding that extra measure? Wait, what is the second reader doing coming up to the ambo already? The cantor is on her way over for the psalm. Will the presider help and gesture at least for the reader to sit? Wait a minute. Is the presider's mic still on? Is he coughing into the microphone right now? You get the idea. Today I had the gift of speaking with Cassie Manning. 
Cassie is the co-creator of Every Sacred Sunday, a mass journal intended to help all Catholics absorb the readings and cultivate their own scripture study and prayer habit. Now, you might be thinking, Amanda, I already pray regularly. Why would I really need this? I will say that this mass journal has truly changed my faith, which is why I'm speaking to her today. A fellow pastoral musician recommended Every Sacred Sunday to me after I saw the book at her church when I played a funeral there. Every Sacred Sunday has allowed me to stay focused on weekends after playing, let's say, the fifth liturgy of the weekend after hearing the fifth homily of the weekend. Now, before we get into the interview, I do want to say that this episode is not sponsored by Every Sacred Sunday, but it is a great opportunity to sit, reflect, and say, how often do I take time for myself as a pastoral musician to sit, be still, and listen to the Word of God? especially in the midst of me helping others to pray through music in the Mass. How can I deepen my own prayer experience and listen closely to God one day at a time? Today on Ministry Monday, I'm talking to Cassie Manning from Every Sacred Sunday. Hi, Cassie. How are you? Hey, Amanda. I'm doing great. It's so good to see you today. It is so nice to sit down and talk to you. Um, I reached out to you last year to have this interview, but you had just had a baby. Yes, I did. I had, I was due on all saints and I actually, the entire pregnancy said any day, but Halloween. And she came on Halloween, my little perfect trick-or-treat baby girl. Um, so she is 10 months now and just, just wonderful. Just love her. That's my little, my little Stevie. Stevie. Oh, that's so cute. You're the, that's the second Stevie I heard of just in the last couple months. Perfect. Well, I know, I know. Halloween Stevie. But anyways, yeah, so thankfully I reached back out to you and you were so willing to have this interview and I'm so grateful because I wanted to talk with you about Every Sacred Sunday. So you are the co-creator, if I'm correct, of Every Sacred Sunday. So first and foremost, what is Every Sacred Sunday if you're listening and you don't know? Yeah, exactly. So every Sacred Sunday, as you said, I'm one of the co-founders. My friend Christy Peters and I started it about five years ago, and it is a mass journal. So we were sitting at a coffee shop talking about the mass and how it would be so wonderful to have the readings and space to take notes all in like a beautiful journal that you could take with you to mass and take notes on the homily or prepare beforehand. And we literally got out our, you know, phones at the time and looked on Amazon, looked on Google, and we didn't find anything that was what we wanted. And it was really this Holy Spirit moment where we said, oh my goodness, maybe we should make this book. Um, And that just started the ball rolling on what now is, uh, Christy and I both now do this full time. Um, We make these mass journals and we just, we absolutely love it. So what's included in in this mass journal? Yeah. So each journal has your readings with the full, um, so the full reading, first reading the Psalm, Psalm response, the second reading in the gospel for every Sunday and the holy days of obligation. So like the major solemnities. And then after each set of readings, there's a journaling template. So a full page where you can take notes, you can write your prayer intentions for the week. Um, We have a space to write down what we call scripture speaks, which is the verse that kind of stands out to you. 
that's kind of for to help encourage some like Lectio Divina or spend some extra time just really thinking about one verse if you want to focus on memorizing it. Um, and then one section in the journaling template that says go forth. So kind of what are you taking from this week? We want to help people take that one hour on Sunday and not have it be just one hour, have it really go through the rest of their week and become something that gives a rhythm to the whole week. And then Christy is a wonderful artist. Um, she does watercolor and uh, gouache, which is like a mix of acrylic and watercolor. And so she uh, does illustrations for each liturgical season. So as you go through the journal, you'll have liturgical illustrations and you just follow the date. So it's all dated and color coded with the liturgical year. So that's a little bit about it. It's a hardcover journal um, and we just are so excited to have our new edition coming out now. That's right. So of course it runs through the liturgical year. So your new one is just going to be coming out next month. Well, I should say it begins next month, of course, for the first Sunday of Advent. That's correct. Yeah. So it goes mm -hmm. from the first Sunday of Advent all the way through the full liturgical year to Christ the King in the, of the next right. year. Right. Exactly. So the other thing too, that I really like about the journal is that it has a lot of prayers in the inner like the, the, on the, the, the hardcover itself when you open it. Exactly. Yeah. So we wanted, when we were talking about this, we wanted something that would also be helpful for say someone new to the church. Mm -hmm. So if someone was not familiar with the mass, we wanted to make this something where they could have it and feel very confident going into a mass and saying, okay, these are, you know, the Lord be with you. What do I say back? And with your spirit, <laughs> it has that. And then it also has the other major prayers of the mass as well as, you know, in the last year, you know, we had the act of spiritual communion. We know a lot of people have started using this um, in different scenarios, given just the state of, um, you know, post-COVID world. Right. Right. Have you found that this in particular is a really good journal for our CIA candidates who might be just learning the order of the mass and what to say? Exactly. And that was actually on our mind when we were creating it. I was... I had a friend who asked me to be her RCIA sponsor and I felt so unqualified. <laughs> I, you know, at the time <laughs> felt like, I don't even know if my prayer life is, you know, as strong. Of course, you always want it to be stronger. And I felt like I didn't know what to offer her as her mm -hmm. sponsor. And that was when Christy and I were coming up with this idea. And I said, wow, I, I wish that I could give her something that we could do together. Like she could prepare for mass she could have those prayers there for her. And that then her and I could talk about it afterwards. What did you get from the homily? What did you get? Um, that was definitely a kind of a driving factor that influenced the design of the journal. And I can see that. I mean, I definitely can. Um, the other thing too that I wanna mention that I think is so nice about the journal is that not only does it have reflection points, but it also has reflection points at the end of a lot of major seasons, right? Like mm -hmm. I remember in particular, there's an area for Lent in particular, right? Where you can kind of reflect and sit with the season ahead. Exactly. So for each liturgical season, we have an introduction reflection. So looking forward, what is Advent about? Preparation, you know, what is Lent about? Penance, almsgiving, just a little bit to get your mind in that mindset of, okay, I'm living liturgically. What season am I about to enter? And then at the end of each liturgical season, we have a reflection that just asks you, you know, where have you felt God's presence through this liturgical season? It asks you to look back. It's like a mini examine 
is how I think of it. Um, and I find those ones so helpful because I always have the tendency to want to look forwards and move quickly and onto the next thing. And the, the backwards looking reflections, I think, are so helpful to see all the places that God has been present in these past you know, weeks or months that I may not have appreciated if I didn't take that time to slow down and, and do the reflection. I want to take a second too and mention that, and I should have probably said this at the beginning, but I want to mention too on the podcast right now that this is not sponsored by Every Sacred Sunday. <laughs> I want to take a second, if it's okay, Cassie, and let readers, or I should say let listeners in on why I asked in the first place to, to talk to you and why I like this so much. So I will openly say to you, Cassie, that as a pastoral musician, I experience the liturgy in a different way from the average person, I think, because pastoral musicians, like we are so active and hyper aware of so many little details in the liturgy. The best example I can give is, um, you know, like if father so-and-so is giving his homily and, oh my gosh, the microphones are ringing, there's feedback, where's that coming from? Or, oh my gosh, the altar server just ran across the altar. Is he okay? You know, like, or my cancer's having a coughing attack. What's going on? You know, so we, we have so many things that we're thinking about all the time and so many liturgical details that we are connected to. Um, we are so focused on watching the preparation of the gifts so that the hymn that we're doing can end in a certain time. And so that's all to say that I have always experienced the liturgy ever since I started working as a pastoral musician, I've experienced it in a different way. And I will openly say on this podcast that it has been hard for me to sit with the readings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, actually, Cassie, we just had our conference in July, our NPM conference. And one of the breakout sessions, the mini breakouts that we had was how to pray while I'm working, because I do think that this is something that pastoral musicians struggle with because we're so focused on essentially becoming conduits of the spirit so that the music can flow through us and God's presence can flow through us that sometimes I forget to stop. So enter every sacred Sunday a, a friend of mine who is also a pastoral musician came to me like two years ago, I was playing a funeral at her church. Mm -hmm. And I saw this, I saw this beautiful hardback book there. And during the homily, I was just flipping through it. I'm sitting there and I just thought it was so neat. Like, I just thought it was so beautiful. Um, my friend had written, um, sorry, Jessica, that I'm saying this on the podcast, but like she had written some reflections on last week's homily. And I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. And so I said to her, what is this? And so I got an Every Sacred Sunday Mass Journal then. And this is my third year of having a Mass Journal. I'll hold mine up. This, If you're watching the video version of this podcast, you'll see that I have, this is mine. And um, I'll be getting a new one re very soon. But I bring this all up because I really believe that this is a beautiful tool for pastoral musicians in particular, so that we can sit and center ourselves in the sacred liturgy, because I think we're so focused on the needs of others. That's what ministry is all about. Mm -hmm. That this allows me at least, and, I, and my friend, and I, I do believe pastoral musicians in general could use this, to stop and either prepare for the liturgy or even like you said, take a couple notes during the homily because Cassie, we listen to like four homilies a weekend. And so it's, it's, good, it's good to write down notes from the various homilies that we listen to. 
Well, and like you said, I mean, you're, you're there, your brain, it's probably hard to switch from one mode to another when you're making sure that things are running smoothly and that the music is, there's so many pieces to it that you're coordinating. It's something we've heard from some other musicians as well. So when I, when I saw you reach out and I, I, I it kind of was helping me remember some things I'd heard from other musicians, as well as something that we hear quite a bit from parents and moms at the mass. And that I have felt in the last year as well, being a new mom, that same idea of you're attending to the needs of someone else. Mm. Um, and so it can create difficulty in where does your focus go? Um, and, and so I do think that like for me right now, preparing beforehand with my, you know, with, with mine is, and this is the one for the upcoming year, but preparing beforehand is what works for me. Um, whereas before I would use it during the homily, whereas right now my hands are quite full <laughs> holding, <laughs> holding a baby. Um, and I, I think to your point though, you hear these multiple homilies when you've read the readings beforehand, it's like, you're just kind of primed and your heart's just like a little more ready to find something new. Like how is God trying to speak to you through this homily that maybe you're hearing for the third time, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'd be so curious to hear from you if that has been an experience of yours, if you can hear something different since you do hear them multiple times. Oh, well, I mean, absolutely. I, yeah. so it, you know, pastoral musicians who are listening, you, you can back me up on this. So sometimes we will have different priests for different masses. And sometimes we'll just have father so-and-so the entire weekend. Let's say they're alternating between church locations, or maybe that's just one church location and that's where they are the pastor for. Um, so it's kind of both experiences, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, it's kind of like with Lexio Divina, right? We, we sit with the readings and we, we read them, we sit with them, and then we read them again, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that with the homily, right? Where we hear it, we sit with it, and then at the next mass, a shade of something may come forward that yes. didn't come back last time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I, it's so wonderful of you to share how using Every Sacred Sunday has, has helped you in that process. That's exactly what we want, you know, our goal with creating this mass journal is to help people really engage with the mass because we think that is going to be when we can be ready to hear God's voice that he is just so present during the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist in such a special sacramental way that when we are um, aware of it and a little bit more focused um, it's just like amazing what, what can happen with that time. Let's transition a little bit and talk about the mass journal in light of the pandemic. So when you started to make these five years ago, I'm sure you never would have imagined <laughs> like, like the, that the journal would be so, I mean, I, I think even more useful. Um, yeah, so one of the things you and I talked about right before we started is many pastoral musicians who are listening to this today may have experienced hymnals being removed from the pews in their churches because many dioceses removed them during COVID-19, like, like last summer and this fall and this spring. And so have you had anyone say that a mass journal like this has really changed in terms of like importance or influence for them and presence for the pandemic in the last 19 or 16 months? Yeah, it's such a good question. And, and we have, right? Um, and it's been a mix of people that have said, I've really had to stay home. And whether it was during that phase 
where really pretty much felt like everyone was staying home or that they've had situations where they've needed to stay a bit longer, um, that they've said it's been almost like a lifeline for them where it gives them um, a tether back to their community where they say, okay, I may not be physically in the church building, but spiritually I am having spiritual communion. I am fully engaged by kind of some of the same physical acts. You know, we're both physical and spiritual and the physical act of holding a book and, and reading the scriptures and underlining it, I think does something to help also help us engage spiritually. Um, and so we've heard, you know, that, that it's been a lifeline for people that have been at home. And then for people coming back into mass, I think, yeah, if there's not the, the readings there, we've heard from a variety of people that either it's difficult for them to hear or, um, for a variety of reasons, it helps them to have the, the written, um, text in front of them. And that this then becomes almost like their personal missile that they can use, underline, highlight as well as then look back over the past, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to look back at the beginning of the year at my prayer requests. You know, what was I offering up at mass six months ago? Mm-hmm. And to see the ways that, that those have become answered prayers over time. And we've heard that from people and that always just like gives me little goosebumps. Um, so it definitely is something we didn't expect, right? That this would become a resource during such a strange time. Um, but we are, you know, we're very humbled that it is a resource that people are using during this time. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been great. In particular, I very much appreciated it during last spring, so like spring of 2020, I should clarify, because my personal uh, my diocese was closed for quite, you know, a couple months. We did not have mm-hmm. public mass. And so it was so I mean, it, it, you know, it I'm not ever going to diss live stream masses right now because that I do think that that has such a benefit, but it was such a shock to go literally from like, it was like in my diocese, like first Sunday of Lent and then nothing, you know, like it it was so jarring that my husband and I sat down and we used this to sit down and read and actively engage because I do think it helped us to engage when we were experiencing mass as a live stream for the first time, because personally that wasn't something that our parish or our diocese really offered too much of. Yeah, I think for so many people, right? Everyone, I had, don't think I'd live streamed a mass ever. And, you know, then all of a sudden I've got, you know, all of a sudden you're a live stream queen. I have like a video of um, just after I'd given birth to, to Stevie and it was uh, the next day, you know, and we're sitting there and we've got the live stream up. And I remember thinking, wow, I don't feel think this resource may have been available or I would have known how to access it a year ago. Um, so, I mean, there are some pretty crazy technological advances just in uh, what churches have been offering if I look back in the last year. Yeah, right, exactly. But I do think it, this speaks to the pastoral musician though, because maybe again, I'll just say this is me. I don't know about any other pastoral musicians that you're listening, pastoral <laughs> musicians, but I, I tend to mark up my music scores. Like I tend to circle with pencil, but like I circle and I, I'll write memory, like, like organ registrations or specific things. I'll even write a little date on like when I played a song. And so I like to actively mark up my books. <laughs> I'm that, mm-hmm. I'm that person. Yes. So I, I love like underlining things and circling things. putting question marks is a big one for me, mm-hmm. like questioning 
sitting with that. I mean, I, I, this is an active device for me, my journal. It really <laughs> is. I love that. Cause I've heard from a couple people that have said, Oh, I just got my book and it's so beautiful. I'm scared to write in it. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, like that's not the point. Like it is meant yes to be keepsake quality and beautiful, but it is meant for you to take ownership in it and to, you know, actively use it so that you um, really are, are so present then with the readings and diving in deeper to them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So tell us about this year. So um, the, the, the new journals coming out for the new liturgical year. They are. Oh my goodness. So let's see. I've got the pink here. Down here I've got. So traditionally you usually do like two or three options, right? In terms of color and design for the cover. Yes. So we started, well, very originally, I didn't even mention this, our very first book we, we funded through Kickstarter. Because, oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. The very first original one was Navy. We funded it through Kickstarter. And it was when Christy was an, an elementary school art teacher. And I was just finishing up graduate school. And um, we had no idea how to make books. <laughs> Any of that. So we focused on just one cover color that year. We said Navy, <laughs> you know, a little conservative. And um, we were amazed. I mean, we, in the first 12 hours of our Kickstarter campaign, we raised enough in that 12 hours to do our, our first print run. The first year we were just amazed. And so since then we each year have done the two cover colors. Um, we tried to make one a kind of modern, clean. Um, and so that, for example, is the blue one we've got this year. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've got the shrink wrap on this one. So it's a little reflective, <laughs> um, but that's the Navy one. And then we also try and do a more detailed one. And so that's the, um, the pink one for this year. And there you go. Hard mm -hmm. to see in the light, but it's just a lovely design. Christy designs all of these. Um, and so we've got the two colors and then our theme for this year is be still and know it's from Psalm 46. So mm. be still and know that I am God when we were reflecting on the last year, we felt like there was some forced stillness in a lot of people's lives, as well as the total opposite, this like frenzied pace of trying to handle and do everything in a totally new and different way. And that Psalm 46 just talks about um, how the God of Jacob is our refuge. And so we've woven that theme throughout the reflections that are in the season introductions through the year as well as Christy has taken that theme of stillness and small moments and the illustrations for this year are all kind of botanical inspired with that in mind. Mm -hmm. so. That's great. That's wonderful. I have to tell you personally, um, be still that, that, that particular scripture, it's actually kind of, it's freaking me out a little bit that you mentioned it right now because, um, so um, Cassie, uh, in July, I became full-time with NPM mm -hmm. and uh, I was part-time previously. And I had left my, I left my parish job to do this full-time. And um, someone gave me a small gold bracelet that said, be still and know on it mm -hmm. as a parting gift, which was beautiful. And then someone else gave me a gift with a coffee mug that said, be still and know on it. Mm -hmm. And then that week I went to the pharmacy and there was a book right by the there's like a book cart and it just, there was a book that said, be still and know on it. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I'm still, I'm still. <laughs> so 
seems to be my my uh, motto myself this year. So yeah, well, and I love I love that. And Christine, I landed on that because it's not always physical stillness, right? I don't feel like mm-hmm. it's not. While well, yes, physical stillness I think is such an important part of prayer that you are finding a place where you can find some stillness and silence in order to enter into prayer. Like you said, sometimes you're praying while you're working, you're, you're singing and you're working. And so I don't think that be still and know always has to be this physical stillness. Rather, it can be this interior posture of, of trust and like deeper peace. And that's what we really are hoping that people are able to find by using the journal, that it helps them create that um, centering force in their life, that Christ is the center. And so, yeah, I mean, you'll, this is our little prayer cards for this year with the Psalm 46. Oh. On it. So you'll have your, your be still and know right there. Oh, good. I'm take it with you. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will. Actually, to be honest, I'll probably use that as a bookmark all year in other books, because that'll be a nice reminder to have also yeah. for other things. So that's great. Well, so if anyone wants to know anything else, um, how do they, how do they find every sacred Sunday? Yeah. Our website is everysacredsunday.com. Um, our new edition of the mass journal is going to be available starting in October, 2021. Um, and we'll be selling it until we run out last year. We did run out right after Christmas. So we hope that we have enough, uh, to get us to make sure that people want to use this resource that they can. Um, and then if people have questions, it's just hello at everysacredsunday.com. Um, and we answer all our emails personally. We're a small team. Uh, Christy, myself, and our friend Olivia, who helps us with some of the customer service questions. So um, yeah, we are just, I think the only thing I would leave, you know, want to say is that uh, we feel very, very grateful to do this work. And it all started because I think we felt unqualified, but still said yes. And our motto at every Sacred Sunday is say yes to God one Sunday at a time. And we, again, are what I always come back to, especially whenever Christy and I want to think about trying something new, we do have new ideas on the horizon, is I don't need to know the ending. I don't need to know the, every step. I'm a planner. I do want to know all of those things. <laughs> but this element of if we can say yes in the uncertainty um, that, that God is there with us. So, I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, thank you, Cassie, so much for your thank time. You, it's been, it's been, been such a joy. I, I fangirled a little bit when we got on the <laughs> Zoom call at first. I said, oh, I'm talking to you. Um, but thank, thank you. And thank you for, first off, making a resource that, that speaks clearly to even much more than just pastoral musicians. Thank you for making a resource so that we as Christians and we as pew dwellers and we as Catholics <laughs> can really encounter God a little bit more deeply. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I really appreciate all the work you guys are doing here. Thank you.
thanks so much to Cassie for her time today. For more information about Cassie and Every Sacred Sunday, please visit the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. The recording of Lead Kindly Light was produced by World Library Publications, GIA Publications, and the theme music for today's episode was produced by Aaron Chows. Today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts, empowering us for the work of ministry. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.